Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Super Coach Mates. Well, round 14 is done and dusted, which means the buys are finally over with. So we're back to the full uh, nine games um, for the week. Um, obviously, that means we're now off the three trades. This is back down to 2-0. Um, and we probably should mostly be at full premiums now. So um, I've got both Jonas and Thomas. It's actually good to have both of them here. Um, for the first time in about a month. So, um, yeah, um, so we'll just do a quick recap on how we went over the weekend. So I'll start off with you, um, Jonas. How did you go on the weekend, just just gone, and maybe a, a good player and a bad player for the week? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not Nothing spectacular, though. 17.50, having Parrish on the bench sort of affected my score. As for the good and the bad, I think the good's got to go to King Jordan Dawson. Oh, uh, yes. I thought this was man, coming. Incredible player. Um, as for the bad, oh, yeah, can't go past Isaac coming. Oh, uh, yeah. Touch on. And I had Josh Kelly as well, so the double whammy. But yeah. hopefully they can bounce back against our mob without beating us. So. Yeah. How about you, Thomas? How did you go this week? Um, pretty good as best save the best to last. Got twenty thirty six, which was nice. Something went right this season, um, which boosts me up close to top ten k rank. So hopefully I can finish off strong with it, basically a full premium side. Um, who did well this week? Obviously, yeah, Dawson was very impressive, um, close to one fifty, which was nice. But the most disappointing player, probably Jared Witts, who was kind of forced in some ways to to bring him in because there was not, just nothing good around him. Um, wasn't overly surprised with his score. I knew he was going to struggle with um, O'Brien. It was a tough matchup with, with the Rucks, but didn't expect him to go that poorly. So hopefully it was just a blip in the radar. Um, and, yeah, he goes back to his best because, yeah, we, know, we all know what he's capable of, but um, that was a bit disappointing bringing him in at over 600K and he dishes out a sub-70. Yeah, I think that might have been a one-off given the fact I think Port Adelaide, uh, they're playing Port Adelaide this week and I don't know who's going to be rocking for Port Adelaide. So, um, yeah, well, I actually, I think I outscored both of you again this week. I got 1879, um, which I was very, very happy with. Um, so I think the best player for mine, um, hard to go past Jack McRae, 155. Um, I think he was uh, just about the high score of the week so it's always nice when you have that and i will just give a little shout out to matt rowell as well who i've still got um he's got 123 so that's 125 and 123 in his last two games um and he's shaping up as being a very nice player to get rid of in a few weeks time for one of these fallen guys up the top like walsh or parish or someone like that um and the dud um, it's hard to really pick a dud this week. Um, can I pop Zach Butters for getting himself injured? Or is that a bit harsh? No, I, I, literally, no. I, I literally didn't have anyone else who I thought scored badly. Maybe, actually, I might go Patrick Cripps, actually. Only the 79, um, which is obviously not what you really want from a midfielder. So I'm hoping that Patrick um, can lift for us going forward. Um We'll just quickly get up this. Um, here we go. Right. Um, so I'm just going to go through each game here and just pick some um, 
players to talk about. So um, I'm going to throw this one to you, Jonas. Um, are you going to be bringing in Judson Clark this week um, as a bubble boy, or have you already got him? Um, what are you doing with him? Yeah, I brought him in this week. He seems to be a half-decent option, but his job security, I think, is a bit shaky. I think you're only looking at bringing rookies in at this point of the year when you're doing a one-up, one-down to finalise your team. So he's not the worst option, but I wouldn't expect long-term job security from him. So I'd rather be looking at someone maybe at a 102k price range, like potentially Carmichael, who could play the same amount of games and you save a bit of money. But he does provide forward mid-status, which can be quite useful. Yeah, I think I've brought in Clark this week. Um, and uh, I'll throw, I don't think there's really anyone else from this Richmond side to to take a look at. So I'll throw over to you, Thomas, for this one. So Patrick Cripps, obviously, as we said, only the 79. Um, surely we're not trading him out. Um, probably not just off that one performance. He got like almost 40 disposals. And he just absolutely butchered the ball. Um, had like eight clangers or something ridiculous. So yeah, I mean he scores almost top scores on on Dream Team, which obviously doesn't take into account effective disposals. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't trade him off that. He's one that I guess he's prone to those shitty scores a because of disposal efficiency, um, and b due to injury as well. So. He's one, I guess, if you're in a luxurious position, you can ship off at the very last minute, but I wouldn't be looking to trade him out now, considering we all know what he's capable of. And and considering that the, the, the Blues lost that one, I'd be pretty keen to bounce back next week. So I'm assuming Cripps will play a pretty important part in that. Yeah, they play Fremantle this week. Um, so that's another tough game for uh, Carlton. Um, just want to take a bit of a pot shot here, George Hewitt. Um, so if for you listeners, you'll know that I didn't start with George Hewitt. Um, I've brought him in off Carlton's bye, and he's got his two lowest scores for the year since I brought him in. So George, I need you to lift. All right. <laughs> um, otherwise, you will be in a lot of trouble. Um, moving on to this game, because there's not really anyone else left. So this uh, St Kilda Essendon game, which was a bit of a surprise result here, I think. There's going to be some question marks now, maybe about St Kilda's finals um, ambitions. But um, anyway, um, I want to talk to you. Maybe Jonas, you might know us about uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio, who played his first game for Essendon and scored 51, which wasn't worst score. He's a 102k defender. Um, could he be a potential option for us in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, he's got some pretty decent job security. Essendon should be persisting with playing youth. Um, so he's definitely one of the better options you can bring in. The only issue is he's a defender only, which means you're going to have to have a slot open for him. And I know a lot of people have where there are a few other defenders, defender rookies that you may be holding on to. Like I've got Rory Thompson still, who I wouldn't be trying to say okay <laughs> on. So, yeah, make sure you've got some defence spots open before you go for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can because I've got Nick Dacos and Word on the bench. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I can go down to him. But if Word gets injured, well, he might be an option. Um, 
I want to talk to you, Thomas, now about Jordan Ridley. Um, he started the year off as a premium defender. He started the year off as 537, but he's had a bit of a um, yo-yo of a year, only the 64. Um, is this a case of just persisting with Ridley and just hoping he can come back, or do you think it might be a good time to move him on? Um, if you didn't ship him off now, this would be the time to do it. I'm hoping that everyone would have done it beforehand. Um, unfortunately, this is not the Ridley that um, we're used to from previous years where he would just dominate off the half-back line. Um, as I kind of alluded to pre, uh, pre-season, whether or not it was the case or not, they just seem to be playing a lot more defenders down back and sharing the ball a lot more and, and being accountable for, for each other. Obviously, it didn't work out so well so far um for them during the season but obviously it clicked against us um on friday night which was nice to see but i mean in that game in particular he played a lot on max king um so he couldn't really play loose off off his opponent which which contributed to a poor score but i'd say yeah this would be the time to get rid of him there's just no point um shipping him off obviously whitfield is someone you could probably look towards if you were in that position um he seems to have rekindled it rekindled a bit of form but yeah, unfortunately, for, if you still have really for whatever reason or you haven't shipped him off early, I think this would be the decent time to get rid of him just because he just hasn't shown that he can reach the heights of of his former glory. And I think half the reason of that is just because he doesn't take as many kickouts anymore and that was a huge reason why he was scoring so well as well. There's a name I haven't heard for a while. Lockie Whitfield, yeah, he's bounced back a little bit um, now that the Giants still have been freed up. Uh, moving on to this game, so another bit of a surprise result here with uh, Port Adelaide winning this game. Um, let's talk about Zach Butters. So I think all three of us might have Zach Butters. Um, I'm going to throw this to you, Jonas, to start off with. I might see if Thomas, you've got anything different here. Um, what would you? What are you guys planning on doing with Zach Butters? Are you going to trade him out or are you going to keep him, uh, Jonas? Uh, fortunately, I don't have Zach, but yeah, he's an immediate trader. You've yeah, simply just got to get rid of him unless you've got like one trade or two trades. I think, yeah, he's got to go. As to who, that's the question. If you've got the money, I mean, some of the Bulldogs, midfielders or the Ruckman are probably your best options. And if you're looking for a cheaper option, then that's when it gets a bit tougher because... Himmelberg was the main one last week. I mean, maybe you could go back to Haney, but jeez, that would be a bit risky. So, yeah, he's one you're probably going to have to spend two trades on to try and upgrade him to someone really ex- expensive because how much is he? He's 471. Yeah, so if you want one of those top six forwards, you're going to have to pay around 100K. So unless you've got that in the bank you're probably going to have to downgrade, say, where to a, a Massimo and then butters up to, say, a Bontempelli or an English would be the best two options, I'd say. Yeah, so I'm just on here now. So Chalor's 30k more. Um, Heaney's actually cheaper than him, but obviously he's had his flaky form and, and Liver's in the top six as well. He's about 40k more than Chalor. So... Yeah, unless you go with Heaney, I think you're probably going to have to do the old down-up. Um, uh, what are you doing with Butters? Have you got him, Thomas? Yeah, unfortunately I do. Um, 
doesn't look great. I've just looked at looked at what options I can personally get. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot where I'm in because, I mean, to be fair, I've, I've got most of the top blinders anyway, so I didn't have to worry about a Luke Parker about, or someone. What about like a Luke Jackson or something? That's what I was going to allude to in a minute. Um, well, I'm in a I'm in a bit of a different position. I could have potentially. If I had enough money, I would have gone English into the forwards and get Sean Darcy or someone. But even then, Sean Darcy's scoring has been pretty dicey over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Um, but I've got 540k essentially, which misses out on Libba and Baz. I mean, Baz was out for another four weeks, so it doesn't make him an option. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple. Obviously, Heaney comes into that conversation. Um I'm potentially looking at one of the Geelong key forwards in, in Jeremy Cameron and and Tom Hawkins. I've got a real cushy draw. Um, yeah, they do. So there's one that I think could be a nice POD in particular, um, Tom Hawkins. But, yeah, it's something to talk What did you say before, Jonas? What was that name that you – oh, Luke Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, he's another one that um, – it's worth bringing in. I think you've just obviously got to take into consideration that um, his scoring doesn't do quite well when Gorn's in the, in the same side. Um, but he's one that I guess if you had the trades and, you know, you, you'd know that or you would understand that um, he would be, you know, you'd ship him off once Gorn comes in. He could be an option because he's very cheap at the moment. So he's one to one to look out for. But, um yeah, it's interesting to see the setup Melbourne will go when um Gorn's you know out the side when they're playing. Cause I think their magic door comes in potentially, so I'm not exactly sure what happens there. Yeah, so Darcy just touching on Sean Darcy, so you do flag him as an option. Probably not this week. His break even is 179. And yes. according to Supercoach stats or Supercoach Gold or whatever it's called these days, um they're actually projecting him to get down to Huh? He plays against Carlton though. Yeah. yeah they're projecting they're projecting him to get down to five hundred K when Max Gorn gets back. So if you can hang on to if you if you can get Luke Jackson in and hang on to him until then you might be able to trade in Sean Darcy a bit cheaper. But yeah, it's definitely a bit of a conundrum here for uh, those of us who've got um butters. Um moving on to Sydney game, we won't touch on Callum Mills, because he's just flying. Um, what about Isaac Heaney, um, Jonas? So th- this is someone who you've flagged, um, obviously, 453K. Um, what 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 do you think about Isaac Heaney in the second half of the year? Because he started the year off on fire, and he sort of had a bit of a slump, but he, he's still a top six forward on um, total points, um, and he's only 453K. So... Um, could you potentially look at him for Zach Butters as a bit of a cheaper option, or do you think there's too much risk there? Well, he needed four goals for that score, which shows he's playing still heaps of forward time. I wouldn't go there. I'd only be entertaining the move if you got Butters and you need a simple replacement without wanting to use two trades. That's the only situation you're bringing Heaney in. He's not going to be able to match like a Libertore, a Bontempelli, even a Himmelberg, I think, is a better option. English, Brody, they're all going to outscore him from here on. And if you're trying to fill a team with the best players from each line, 
Heaney's probably one that's too inconsistent to be able to rely on to win you those important league matchups or get your ranking uh, where you want it to be. Yep, I think that's fair enough. Um, we'll, we'll move on to this West Coast Geelong game, which was a bit of a um, a bit of a seesawing game at times. Um, I did watch this game. Um, so. Um, I know you're a bit more into rookies, I think, Jonas. So I'm going to talk to you about, uh, is it Riley Bazo? No, Rhett Bazo. Um, played his first game, only scored 40. Um, I think he's a 102k defender. No, 117 defender forward. Um, what what would you do? What, are you going to bring Bazo in, or is this a hard pass? Uh, I, I'm just going to hold on to trades from here. But I think he's a really good option if you're looking at um, using Paddy McCartan as a as a like D seven F seven swing and Bazo can sort of help you with that so that McCartan can cover both lines. And with the fact that McGovern's gone for probably a little bit of time, he should have some decent job security. Assume he's playing down back. Um, uh yes, I believe he's. Yes, yeah, so I think it's a pretty good option. Um but only one I'd be going for if you had, say, McCartan, because I don't think in the role he's playing, he's probably not going to be scoring much, even though that the ball's down there quite regularly. Don't think they're going to be looking to have it in his hands as much. No, I don't think so. I think he played on Jeremy Cameron, so I think he might be a bit of the taller type. Um, moving on to the Geelong side, so... Um, let's talk about the two key forwards here. Actually, let's talk about Tom Stewart. Um, so 95 on the weekend. Um, I had a look. His break ends at 210, um, which is very, very high. Um, if you had, say, five spots, could he, in your back line, you're just missing one, um, could he be your sixth defender, Thomas? Yeah, I mean, he's one that's going to drop significantly in price. Obviously, at the concussion game. Um, yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. Yeah, concussed game um, and then was in big trouble, apparently. I wasn't paying much attention to this game and then saw afterwards he was on like 25 at halftime and actually had a 70-point 70, 70 turnaround, which was quite impressive. Yeah, so, he had four disposals, I think, in the first Yeah, five. so... He's one that I think is a very good pickup if you need a defender. 16. Do you know what happened in this game? Why do you only have 16 touches? Because I, I, um, I think someone was actually manning up on him. I don't know who it was, but I think someone was trying to tag him a little um, bit or, or they were putting in work into him so he wasn't that free-roaming kind of um, player that is so used to – that obviously we're so used to watching. Um, but I definitely on the radio somewhere when I was driving back from footy that – yeah, they, they mentioned something about um, the West Coast players playing on him a little bit. Not like man-on-man -man stuff, but just stopping his efficiency where he's basically playing so loose that he gets so much free ball, which I guess he redeemed himself quite effectively and, you know, basically cracked the ton. But, yeah, he's one that I guess if you need that defender spot, um, he's a no-brainer. You know, if you can get him in a week or so, you'd be laughing. He's one that I guess you can easily side-swap an underperforming player like a Jaden Short. He's been very disappointing in the last couple of weeks. Um, but someone that I want to get your opinion on, um, other than the two key forwards that I've just 
looked Here well. Whilst Nathan was was talking, so this guy, this is not Jeremy Cameron and uh, Tom Hawkins. This guy scored two scores under sixty in rounds one and three. Since then, his lowest score has been eighty three, um, and got one, two, three, four, five consecutive tons in a row from round seven to eleven. Um, what are your thoughts on Mark Blitzarves? Blitzarves. <laughs> so he's I- Scored 17, 17 as well as 101, 101 on the weekend. Um, doing the ruck work with Reece Stanley. What are your thoughts on Blitzarves? I don't five mind. <laughs> How much is he? 525? He's 526, yeah. Yeah, with a break even of 100. Stewart's going to be in, in a week or two. Hey. That's what Stewart's going to be in a week or two. Are you yeah, picking him in defence? I'm always saying for... For for forward line slash ruck. What's his? He's a defender ruck. Yeah, defender ruck. Sorry, so you're playing him in playing him in the ruck pretty much. Mm. Yeah, I think I. I mean, he's done well, but I think I would rather go with a. I mean, I think I'd rather go with a Darcy or with that price. I think, but he's done well. He's done well. I'll say. Yeah, he's definitely definitely one that's surprising. Um. But he's yeah being consistent, which is the main thing. Which is, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you know you look at the rucks this year. There's just no ruck that's been super super consistent. No. I mean, you had Gorn, who's basically towed up on every shit ruckman, and then English has been, you know, serviceable, and then he's had some pretty poor scores of of late. He's been obviously the most consistent one, and Darcy's just ended up having some average scores coming up. But yeah. I mean, I guess it'll be an interesting conversation to be had with with people that have butters this week. But yeah, one to look out for, I guess, is Blitzarves as an option. Very POD. Um, but yeah, the two big boys in Cameron and Hawkins are always dangerous, and they play north again, so could be quite. Yeah, that could that could be a massacre. Quite a danger game for for Super Coach owners that have Geelong players. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, we'll move on to this Giants and Bulldogs game, which was a bit of a shootout at Giants Stadium. Um, so, obviously, Harry Himmelberg was someone who I think all three of us bought in last week. He scored 95. Um, are you? I, was, I don't know if you guys watched this game, but um, I just want to get your thoughts here, um, Jonas. So, he did move around once. Braden Priest got injured. He did move around a little bit. He went into the ruck, and then in the last quarter, he started at full forward. Um, does this concern you a little bit, given that he's been such a good defender the last three weeks, that he's sort of a Mr. Fix-It, possibly? Yeah, it's slightly concerning, but Flynn will return, so I don't think there's any issue of being like, affected in the ruck like similar to what happened with Cripps but yeah he, he might spend a bit more time up forward which is obviously not ideal but I mean you paid 425k for him or 435 yeah you're not going to expect 110 average from here it's it's gonna it's gonna have its ups and its downs so as long as he's playing predominantly in the back line and I think that's where he will play predominantly back. He should be able to to score well because I think from here on out, GWS aren't making the top eight, so they're better off 
playing players in their preferred position to get some continuity for next year. Himmelberg's played forward all of his career pretty much, so he knows what it's like to play up forward. What's the point of, of putting him back up forward if you're trying to trial him as a defender? He's done so well down back. <laughs> yeah, he has. I don't know why they they wouldn't persist with that heading into next year as well and just trying to play some of these important players that they have in their right spot so they can build a bit of flow into their game and hopefully for their for their sake um, do a bit better next year. And uh, I'll stick with you, Jonas, here, because your Isaac coming owner only scored <laughs> 45 on the weekend. Um, is this concerning for you? What are you going to do with him? Uh, I'm going to hold for now because only got the five trades. I mean, he had 21 touches. I didn't watch any of the game, unfortunately, so I don't really know what happened. But looking at the dream team ratio, looks like he just went really poorly by foot. Um, so it doesn't seem to be a positional change. It's a really poor game, and I'll try and treat it as an injury-affected game and just hold and hope he can uh, bounce back and produce some triple-figure numbers from here on out. Yeah, and uh, I'll throw to you this one. I'll throw to you, um, Thomas, for this one. So obviously, some people might still have brain proofs in their rough. Um, obviously, we alluded to this earlier with Luke Jackson, um, which is the person that I've brought in for brain proofs. Um, but what options do you think we've got if you've still got brain proofs? Well, where do you think you should lean towards? Um, yeah, how much is he priced at the moment? Bruce, he's 440k, I think. Surely yeah, 444. Uh, it's not that bad. Um, yeah, I guess pretty unfortunate position because he was um, looking like a pretty juicy pickup. I know people actually traded him back in, which would have been <coughs> pretty frustrating because uh, Matty Flynn was a laid out, so everyone would have been licking their lips and saying, perfect, he on track for half a decent score, and he looked that way early on. But he did, yeah, he was flying early. Um, he was suspended for a week anyway, so on his tackle on Tim English, and he did his ankle or whatever it was. So not the best end to a, to Braden Proust, who just seems to somehow get injured, suspended illness or whatever he gets. So, yeah, Luke Jackson's probably not a bad shout. It, it actually saves you money rather than having to waste money. Um, again, just a bit of a disclaimer on Jackson. You obviously got to keep in mind Gorn's not out for the season. Obviously, coming back sooner rather than later for for Demon's sake. So there's an option, and I think the other option is to to go up to maybe a Sean Darcy or someone along that line if you've got the money. It's a bit unfortunate because he's spending over 100k to do so. So I think the best way to do it would probably be. Jackson's not, yeah, it's it's a shit position to be in because you it's can't expect that, score. especially that low of a score to to really hit his um scoring spike in scoring. So Mason Cox maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, maybe him at speed dealers on so he can actually see the ball. But yeah, we'll just get to that. Three hundred and six. Cox plays the loose defender for the rest of the season. It's not a bad idea, but um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, nah, we'll yeah, Jackson probably the way to go. Unfortunately, I think is it you you stuck in the a rock and hard place. So yeah, it's not a good position to be in. But um, what are your thoughts on 
Toby Green. So obviously seven goals chosen. Obviously not going to do that week in week out, but look very electric. Maybe it was a a, a ripple on effect from t- the Taylor Duray injury, who seemed to be manning him up um, in yes, defence. What, what are your thoughts on on t- t- Toby Green as, as a potential option even for Butters or? Or someone that if, if people needed a, a one, they're, they're really strapped for cash. Cause I think but, uh, Green would have only risen. I mean, he would have risen a fair bit off this score, but he'd be still in the low 400s. Yeah, 436. Um, I think he's probably in the Isaac yeah. Heaney camp for me, personally. Yeah. I mean, I've got Isaac Heaney, so I don't think I can have both of them. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have both. Um, but I don't think he's going to do that every week. And I think Playing Collingwood this week, I think Maynard might go to him. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go for Toby's. Has had a mixed record against Collingwood. Um, but, yeah, I think I'd be cautious about going down, I'll say that. Uh, but someone I do want to, someone else I want to just quickly touch on from this game, uh, Bailey Dale, who's been a top sort of 6 8 defender. Um, only scored the 87. Um, I don't think you'll be trading him out, but um, Kenny, does his scoring concern you a little bit, given that he has been pretty consistent and now he's pulled out an 87? What do we think? Like, is his second lowest score of the year? Yeah, not really. If 87 is the biggest of your problems, you must be ranked, like, in the top 10. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bigger problems than Bailey Dale going 87 one week. I think that's probably fair enough. And uh, moving on to the last game. Um, so, obviously, I think, Jordan, um, um, you're delighted here, Jonas, to see Dawson's been the top scorer for the whole game. Um, but I want to talk about Matt Browner. This is someone that I've still got, so this might be a little bit of personal interest here. Um, but he's scored 125, 123. Break-even's at seven. Um, if you still got him, what what would you do with him? Would you just hold him for now and just hope you can keep this up, or do you think it's he's still on borrowed time? Um, I might throw it to you, uh, Thomas, on this one. Um, probably a favourable fixture in regards to Adelaide. Didn't have to do much defensively and got a lot of um, opportunities to really thrive in that contested nature of the game. But yeah, he's one that. You know, I got rid of a long time ago, and I think Jonas, you did the same thing. So, uh, yeah, if you held him, it's probably not the worst end to it all because he's actually scored quite well um, in that time period. He's one that I guess you just keep holding because he's pre, you know, pumping out premium scores. Obviously, I think you've got to keep in mind that you're not going to keep him, and don't just burn other trades elsewhere and then go, oh shit, he scores sixties and whatever when it comes to the crunch end of the season. So. He's one I think you have to keep in mind that you're going to offset at some time. And, and lucky enough, he's kind of not really going to go down in price much and always rejig his scoring with these with his 120s and, and, and stuff like that he's capable of. So, yeah, he's one that I think you can just happily keep on until last minute or, or a last trade-out or a luxury trade. So he's definitely not top 10 material, um, but he's one that I guess because of how well he's been going um, in recent times that you can offset pretty quickly. Yeah, Parrot, I think coming down as well in price and still you're better off waiting a few weeks and I assume you won't have to uh, pay too much to get in one of those top liners for rail in a few weeks. 
No, well, he's break even seven. They're projecting him to go up to about. Um, they're projecting him to go up to about four eighty in two weeks' time. So, um, I think that might be the best time to get rid of him. Um, I don't think there's really anyone else here from this Gold Coast side. To, oh, let's talk about weeks actually. So only sixty-eight. Um, so I had the choice between English and wits, and I went with English. I really don't know why, but I backed the right camp there of at least one game. Um, so wits's break even is like one hundred and sixty something now. I don't really think you should be worrying about a break even if you've already got them. But if you can afford to go from say Proust up to wits or someone, what is Wits still a good buy, or would you just wait now for his price to come down, uh, Jonas? If you can afford him and he's your last upgrade, then money isn't of the priority. So I'd be getting him in and just trying to get points because he's playing Port Adelaide this week. And that could be pretty uh, juicy for Wits. Although he, I think he had close to 40 hitouts anyway in this, in this he match. He had 39. Yeah, so... It's a bit strange how he scored so poorly for his standards this year, but hopefully he'll bounce back. I think, like, you look at some of the midfielders there, like Laird, Crouch at 32, 42 touches. So they must have shocked some of his hitouts a bit. Just on Laird, I, I captained him this week, which seemed to be okay, but a bit disappointing when you see a player rack up 42 touches and... Can't even get over 115. Well, I just had a look. He had three free kicks against, <coughs> um, which that didn't help. And he only had 12 kicks. So, yeah. Um, I think and the I'm free kicks probably kept all. him. Yeah, he's a bit like um, pressure as well. He's a, he's a bit like Tom Mitchell. Just gets a lot of the ball and, like, high sort of ceiling. I mean, high sort of floor because of the amount of touches he gets. But hopefully he can... Put in a 130 next week because he's a bit of a pod. I think what Nathan and myself have him. You don't have him. Tom yeah, do. You do yeah, have only, him? he's in 12. percent He's in 20,000 sides. So he's in 12 percent of teams. Roy led. Yeah, he's a bit of a pod, which is nice. Um, which yeah, it's always nice. Um, so just one more name here. I just want to talk real quick about. Um, so Parnell, um, who I didn't even know. Um, so Patrick Parnell says so 123k. He's actually on the bubble this week. Um, his break even's minus 38. He's a 123k defender. Um, scores of 41 and 70. Um, if you're looking for a defensive downgrade for someone who's on the bubble, is this an option, Jonas, or do you think we're better off just waiting for um, Ambrosio in a couple in next week? Um. Yeah, I'd probably be saving the 20k on D'Ambrosio, to be honest. Yeah. I think, um, like, these rookies, they're not touching your field, right? So their scoring's not that important. It's more the money you save. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's sort of what I'm leaning towards now. It's, it's, for me, it's not about scores. It's about money. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, just really, really quickly, um, I did this last week with... Um, Thomas, I'm just going to bring up the fixture for next week. Um, just really quickly, an early plan for a vice-captain or captain if you've got one. 
Um, oh, I that's so so they're the first sort of four or five games um so you'd probably want to pick one from here so who what what, what are you leaning towards here um jonas i'll start off with you well if parish wasn't under an injury cloud i'd be locking him in as a vc but the eagles look a bit stronger with some of their ends i don't mind oliver but then again the Gorn factor may limit his scoring. Our <coughs> uh, old mate, Sean Darcy, can I go down that road again and burn myself? I don't know. Um, He's working against the pony. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully he does well for Sean Darcy owners. But, yeah, I think I'll probably be leaning towards Parrish if he's named in the middle and if – Rudden goes, yes, he's 100% ready to play. I'll be chucking the VC on on that and then probably jumping on, like, I don't know, maybe a Laird or some, someone safe. Maybe even Josh Kelly, who isn't safe, but plays Collingwood. That could be one. On on the topic of Josh Kelly, you were watching the game, Nathan. Why did he score, score so poorly? Um, I just don't think they really used him. He sort of played out wide, and the Giants went through the middle corridor a lot. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably why. It's just it was a bit more of a shootout, to be honest. But yeah, I think because he was out on the wing, he sort of got bypassed a little bit more than perhaps what he had been. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. But um, yeah, obviously the Giants. I think now they're the number one corridor side under. Mark McVeigh, so they're just basically going hell for leather. Um, I think even the f- kickouts from fullback are pretty much going straight into the cold all. So, um, yeah, they're just playing all out attack, which you'd think probably would suit Kelly. But, um, yeah, I think he's probably in a Will Brody camp where I think you're just going to have to hold him. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be too concerned. Um, what about you, Thomas? Have you got any early picks based off that fixture? Yeah, it's not many two favourable matchups. I mean, Laird's a safe one, but whether or not Kane Turner goes and tags him is another question. Um, we all see what I saw what happened against um, GWS when Kane Turner sat on his <coughs> back. I'm not sure if I'd do it again just because the consumer makes no actual difference to whether they win or not. Um. But yeah, VC wise, Oliver's not a bad one. Um, maybe I could even you could even go simply Oliver VC and just get everyone done with on Friday and get McRae captain maybe. Um, he seems to have benefited without Baz in the middle, um, completely dominating in GWS. So I could well do that. Or if I decide, I think McRae gets a VC or C um, this week. Even a Neil um, could do quite well against the D's, but. I think I'd avoid off that. From memory, though, I think the Melbourne Brizzy game, regardless of of, of whenever they play, that the top play, the top top players usually do pretty well. Um, captaincy wise, yeah, Lads is not a bad one. Even Jordan Dawson could, couldn't be a bad shout. <laughs> yeah, against North Melbourne. Could you in that path, Jonas? I wouldn't captain him because he was playing predominantly down back, and I don't know how much balls yeah. he. He's going to get down there with North Melbourne. So, fortunately. But, um, yeah, even Wits against a ruckless port. 
I think is not actually a bad shout, um, considering that he could just amass um, hitouts. And yeah, Tickle's gone. Um, no, no, um, Lysette's still in. Sam Hayes, I guess, is not. He's ready. probably going to have to bring him back in. Yeah, well, if they decide not to, I guess they go Finlayson and the Ruck, which obviously means good things for Wits. But yeah. Wits, I guess, is a, is a safety shop soon, you'd say. I, yeah. I knew he was going to struggle against O'Brien this week. So, yeah, I'd say he's not a bad shout. Yeah, I'm going with the McRae option. I think you're right. I think let's not underestimate. I think um, Bailey Smith was impacting McRae's a bit. But now that he's out for the next four weeks, I think McRae's pretty safe. Um and um captaincy I don't really worry too much about the captaincy but I at the minute I've got it on Stephen Canelio um which could be a little bit of a point of difference given the fact that Collingwood don't like to tag and I saw that game firsthand and he just dominated through the midfield um Canelio so um yeah that's a bit of an early shout there but. Um, yeah, otherwise, um, yeah. Yeah, that's all we got time for today. Hopefully, being over too long. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm out I'm out uh, interstate, so I won't be here for the Q&A. So whether or not we, we post one during the week, probably unlikely at this point. Um, <coughs> but you have your team sorted close to full premium. And, yeah, good luck for the first week without buyers, which is which should be nice. Um, full full slather of games to, to, to watch, which would be good to see. So. Yeah. Hopefully your score goes well and we'll catch you uh, on the flip side of it to, to see how we wrap it up and see how you go afterwards. <laughs>